This is Living in the Past for another week. Uh, my name is Paul and my co-host name is... Ben. We discuss the 90s. My month at a time. Uh, sometimes pre-90s. Sometimes pre-90s, yeah. Like we do, um, sometimes you like to talk about without a paddle. <laughs> sometimes I talk about without a paddle. Uh, um, I, I think... Uh, Undiscovered Genius is words I come to. <laughs> I don't know that film. Is that another film? Without a Paddle? No, we've moved on from Without a Paddle. That that doesn't go with Without a Paddle. <laughs> Why did I even say Without a Paddle? Yeah, that's really... That's a, like... <sighs> did you pick... Like, which 2000s movie could I pick? Without a Paddle. Well, you've, you mentioned it at least twice. Yeah, I did. So um, anyway... <laughs> So why are uh, we here? We are talking about February 1993, a month um, in our previous seasons that is synonymous with being shit. Yeah. Um, this one, eh, I think it could be an exception to the rule. There's some. There's I, some I wouldn't be surprised if 1993 peaks in February because <laughs> this is a big month. Yeah, you keep saying that, and I'm like, I'm wondering what you're referring to as big because, like, I've had. Like, I've got the same I did notes. not say good. It's a big. It's a big. <laughs> this is the Texas of months. Okay. I mean, it's not great, but it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Um, but before we get into like ninety stuff, we're going to get into what we're listening to uh, at the moment. So this is living in the now. Uh, what have you been doing? Um, what are you doing? <laughs> I haven't really been discovering any new music. I've I've thought about like. You know the Spotify's. Here's what you might like today. Oh yeah, I don't have time for that. Like I'm not in the mood for new new music. Um, I found a top spins top fifty bands, best bands right now, and I went through and I basically added two songs of each of them onto my playlist, Ooh. and just like been finding good one, good good bands and yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, have you found anything else? Uh, we finished Midnight Mass recently. We think. I didn't cry. It's not cry worthy, but like the like that those last two episodes. Whew. Did I not Ooh. tell you when uh, I fell asleep during an episode, and I woke up to someone like blubbering and stumbling off to the bathroom just in a rain of tears? Oh, because that was at the on the boat. But, yeah, <laughs> I woke up and I saw some flames. I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, hey, <laughs> And then she ran I forced away. myself to one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that was the. If you've not uh, Midnight Mass, it's a new uh, Mike Flanagan um, series on Netflix. Uh, the, he he who did uh, House on Hill House, Haunting of Hill House, yes, which we have not watched, and, and I'm more Bly Manor and Bly Manor, um, and also one who said in an interview recently that he would love to do a horror movie in the Star Wars universe. Ooh, which I wonder if we get fucking Elliot in it as well. Yes, he should. Okay. And now you've just sailed the episode because Elliot is great. No. You the still don't even know his real name. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's You old, can't edit uh, this in later. Don't old, edit this in. It's old uh Oh, it's Henry. Oh, it is Henry, that's right. Caviezel. <laughs> Henry Hill. Henry Caviezel. No. Oh fuck. Anyway. So what are you been Cloak watching? Cloak and Dagger is another movie that he's in that's okay, amazing. That Watch sounds that. fun. Uh, I have been watching... Um, I don't know. Like we, I have to say, because um, we're recording this just after October's finished, I'm having a bit of a 
a lull from horror. Like it, it did take its toll on me. Like I watched, I, I listened to a lot of horror podcasts. I watched a lot of horror. We talked a lot of horror. And man, I'm just a bit horrored out, which I never thought was possible for me. Did but, you force some of it? Was some of it like no? You no, just I was like into it. it. Then it does it does peak on Halloween. Like you just uh, like, after that, I'm like, oh, I think I'm just gonna watch something. Like fucking. we we finished. I think the plan was to finish it with Halloween Kills, which yep. we still haven't seen yet. And we ended up finishing with the the new Paranormal Activity film. Hmm. Any good? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, apart from that, um, mostly there was like a few movies of, of this of this for this month that I really wanted to watch. So I've been mostly into that. Um, I have been into um, talk about horror podcasts. So I listened to one called Kill by Kill, which is um, it doesn't go into like the whole movie per se. It just goes to the kills of that of certain movies, and they just sort of describe the kills and just the highlights, basically. Just the highlights, back and like man. It's awesome. I really love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the hosts are great. Um, if you if you're into your horror. Um, but kind of want, yeah, like a, like a highlights package for most films. Do it. Um, also, uh, band I'm listening to this week is called Kiwi Junior. Um, I believe they're from New Zealand. I believe they're from Canada. Um, oh. but they've just got a new album that came out, uh, uh, this year. And yeah, if you get a chance, um, man, it's kind of, I, I, as I, I don't really like to pigeonhole bands anymore, but like, it's got a bit of a, I don't know. Uh, Rocky Strokes, like it's it's all all of them like a, a like a pretty like sort of um fast beat, a medium pace beat, and it's, yep. yeah, it's good. I so, don't, I'm not, I don't enjoy like comparing bands to bands, especially if they precede when a band existed, like mm. what we're listening to these days. Yeah, but you have to. Like, well, how yeah. else do you get a vibe or an idea of what they're like? And so. if you don't like the Strokes, like, it's like it's, they're not it heaps like it. I'm just trying to like that's the sort of pace that you sort of, um, especially first album that sort of stuff is it's it's really good. So Kiwi Junior uh, and Kill by Kill are my uh, two picks this week to, to check out. So yeah, I have no picks. Okay. <laughs> well, with that, let's get on to the events of February 1993. <laughs> Um, now I told you before we started recording, uh, the, uh, the, the quiz is two questions because a lot of the news, uh, said there was three. Yeah, there was two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, a lot of the news isn't quiz worthy. It's kind of dreary, kind of heavy. So let's go through that stuff first. We'll, we'll end, okay. we'll end happy. Um, so there was, <laughs> well, happy. I can't believe you just said that. And I end put, happy. And Come I on. flipped it. Um, so there was the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. bombing. Um, the failed bombing? No, no, no. Was they, it was just not as big as what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like they, um, it was, uh, uh, they drove a van into the parking garage yep. um, and uh, detonated it. Um, the mastermind behind this one um, will also be the mastermind behind, mastermind behind September 11th. Um, but uh, it did kill six people, one of whom was pregnant. Um, and injured a thousand. Um, and at the time, wow. and at the time, it was the deadliest attack on U.S. soil. Um, the murder of James Bolger. This was uh, so. This is the two boys who um, got a three-year-old kid to come onto the train tracks, and then they bashed him oh. in England. Have you didn't remember this? The name sounds familiar. Yeah. So he, they they coaxed him away from his mum at the shops, and they were they were thirteen and fourteen. That's yeah. Um, had to like I think they're actually out of prison now. They've changed their names and they're living like elsewhere in the world. Did BuzzFeed do this? 
No, no they didn't do this one though. But like, and I'm glad because I've seen it somewhere. Uh, and I just remember this, like, you know, for me, like people talk about like when they were younger, like the Beaumont children was their big break of um, innocence. Like this was like, you know, I was, I was pretty much the same age as them and they're killing yeah. a kid like by bashing his brains and like I just it just made me feel sick and like I, I didn't want to sort of like go delve too much into it today because like uh, I, I, I can't I can't do it yeah <laughs> um, and the fact that they're out now I mean I know there's rehabilitation and stuff but like I don't know that seems like something you should be away for life for but obviously you're but not. then they're also like not discounting or justifying or making any excuses but they were yeah, very very young as well yeah. so yeah so yeah, that was um, and in Australia we had our own tragedy where um, the uh, and I don't think I ever knew about these ones. Um, I think it's the called I think and excuse me for getting the name wrong, the Greno family massacre. Oh, I'd never heard of that. So um, a mother and their three kids um, in uh, Western Australia, um, uh, very very sort of rural, remote property were murdered. Um, by a farmhand that they had there, their own farmhand that like worked with them. Uh, there, I think it was a um a friend of um, uh, of the mum. Okay. And uh, but the thing was that there's the details of the crime scene have never been given to the public because it was so horrific. Ooh. Like it's actually got like a, the judge put a thing on it like this will never be publicized or put in a book or anything like that. Um, I didn't delve too much into it. I didn't delve too much into it because I, I know there's be some person who leaked something, and I don't think I actually want to know about it because yeah. um, the victims' ages were 31, 16, 7 and five. Um, so yeah, um, it was quite a quite a um, a horrible time for for murder and, and crime, like in both here in the UK, and then we had uh, the World Trade Center bombing, and then right at the end, and we won't delve too much into it this month, but the start of the Waco siege started Ooh. on the 28th of February, and we will get more into that into March because that's when the uh, the siege sort of wore on and then it ended, and then, yeah, there's a lot more. Really put of, Waco on the map, huh? Yeah. Um, and I hey. remember that. I remember there was, it was daily coverage of that. I so, remember that more than the Gulf War. This is why it's our Texas month. Yeah, it's, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I remember seeing those uh, tanks like fire stuff into the property, like on the news in real time. It's just like, man, this is I don't like, remember any of that. Yeah, I, I mean, might have I, thought it was a movie, though. To be fair. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's let's try and wash that away with like a couple of like lighter stories, and let's uh, start the quiz. Uh, so. I've Oprah. already won. Oprah sat down with Michael Jackson for an interview. Mm. Now, this is like, he's starting to be a bit weird. <laughs> okay. um, Dangerous has been released. He's been on world tours. Um, he's, he's quite white the now. Eccentric, the eccentricities of, of his home life, I think, are starting to come a little bit more apparent. Now, remember, and this is, this is what blew the line. This is like three months away from the first allegation against him. Okay. So this might have even like spearheaded that on. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, she Oprah inspired, interviewed um, Michael Jackson. How many people tuned in? 80 million, 90 million, or 100 million? 
I would have thought more than 100, but I'll go with 190. Yeah. 90 million everyone people. else doing? At that time. That's insane. I guess this is just America, isn't it? Uh, I think it's worldwide. Oh, well, that's really disappointing. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember this. I mean, I remember, I think I've seen like a few stills of it. I think he's um, in his sunglasses and in his, in his MJ Prime gear, like that black suit with the hat. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I wonder if Oprah has like a hallway in her house with photos of like all her weirdest guests with like this and Tom Cruise and just Dr. Ma- Phil. Michael Jackson, Dr. Phil and Bill Cosby. Would be, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, just take these ones <laughs> And the, the Tom, not a photo of Tom Cruise, but just the memes of Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. The lightning bolts. Oh, man. Um, so this one, uh, again, I, I don't know whether I could give you a multiple choice of this because we give away because you know who it is. It's someone that we have talked about quite regularly and in not the not the highest esteem. Okay. Oh, what? Steve Howe. So, <laughs> it's a music question. Who won record album song of the year plus three extras at the Grammys? Uh, we haven't spoke highly of them. The only one really is Axl Rose. No? No, Axl Rose? What's he going to win? I don't know. Spaghetti something? <laughs> What is album? The spaghetti instant. Yeah. Uh, no. I'll give you one more guess. <sighs> Who's musical? That's you may garbage. have confused his song at some point. I've confused so many people's songs. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> um, I can't think of any other shitty musicians that we've talked about. He currently. I can't think of any shitty musicians we've talked about that are worthy of winning awards. He currently is. Uh... Opposing uh, vaccination passports to Eric. Live yeah, he won that many. He won six. Oh, uh, including. I don't um, think he could win six awards for one song. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like uh, so. Tears in Heaven won uh, the the biggest ones, but then in rock, in rock, he got um, best rock song for Layla. No. And best vocals performance. For what? Best rock vocal for Unplugged. Which is like uh, the opposite of rock because it's not rock, it's yeah. Unplugged. <laughs> even even Layla is not, it's Wuss Rock, they call it, I believe. Well, I like Wuss Rock. <laughs> <laughs> the rock category, Melissa Etheridge won for Best Female. You uh, 2 have you heard the new song? No. Oh my God. Mm. Your song saved my life. Oh my god! And it's like, why are they still even trying? But like, it's for that new Sing movie. But like, oh, right. what? What is this like? Bono's singing it, but they're like, are you singing about yourself? Are you singing about something? Because it's from the perspective of someone in a in a in a crowd listening to a song from a band that saved their life. I'm like, oh, which U2 song would have saved someone's life? It makes me sad that there probably is people out there that U2 has saved them, and I know someone that. Hold you two very, very dearly. Do I know? No. Okay. Oh, I know someone that. Oh. I think I know Adam has a special spot for them in some of their songs, but okay. definitely didn't save his life. He's better than that. I um. Have I told you the story about my U two story? When you met them? Yeah, <laughs> I met Bono. <laughs> um. So I was in. Uh, I believe you don't know Bono. <laughs> I believe um, I was in Melbourne and I was at a, no, Sydney. I was in a large punk uh, festival 
mm. playing in um, a band, and large punk festival. Well, it's like I mean, large, large for that. Okay, like for that crowd. Um, so it was like sitting around, and I think it was around about that time that they put their album on people's phones, and, oh. no one, and I was like, and everyone was like giving shit, and I was like, yep, and I said, ah, I don't know. It's got some pretty decent stuff on it, and I did have to pay for it, so you know. Um, I don't know whether you've yeah. heard, ever been stared at by. I'm gonna go for fourteen different punk people at once with this like, the amount of disgust in their face of like I said, like I said, like, oh yeah, I like to fuck a chicken every so, every so often. That's probably I've been told a lot in the last year the phrase "pick your audience." <laughs> that. Is the com- that's the perfect audience you don't want to say a statement like that for? I can't think of anyone worse to say. I believe I might have been, I think subconsciously because I was on the way. I think I was on the way out, and I was like, I got no respect for you. People. I think I, d- I had my moment of awakening of like, I don't think I like you people. How can I alienate myself even more when I'm two thousand kilometers from home? How's my departure going to be even easier? <laughs> let's make hey a, let's let's say something polarizing. I love you too. Hey. <laughs> Guys, who likes you too? Who wants to go vegetarian and listen to you too? I'm not going to drink anymore. Or uh, wear scally hats. I, uh, I also once, um, our lead singer had done a, 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 a interview for a local street magazine. And he, for some reason, he, he chucked some flack at Green Day. And then we played it. We played a live to wear, and at one point I said, "I really like Green Day." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. As you should. Actually, no, they were pretty bad times, but that that stuff was pretty good. Oh yeah, to look back on, it's great. Um, to be honest, I, I've just um, recently I never listened to American Idiot. Like I, mm. I at that time I was like, uh, "Looking Green Day." Uh, I was like, yep. and that sort of same thing. It's a fucking really good album. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Um, and I wish I had just uh, embraced that at the time. So, but we'll get there. We might. Yeah. Is that the same year as Without a Paddle? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> no, it's the year before, but close. Oh my god! Because <laughs> you know, Without a Paddle is two thousand and four. I do know it's two thousand and four. Because they had brackets and everything. Because you keep saying it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to sport. No sad news here, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. Unless you're Australian. Um, what do they lose? Everything that was up for grabs. Nice. No. Um, I've, so we'll start out with the Asian Baseball Championship. Okay. It actually wrapped up in March, but we're not going to carry this across two months because it only went for a week and a half. Okay. Australia came fourth out of seven teams. It's not bad. I guess it was held in Australia, so you've got oh. that home ground advantage. Um, you're beaten out by Chinese Taipei, South Korea, and Japan. Uh, I wasn't going to cover it this year because we covered it last year, and I don't really care about it. But the NBA All Star Game was on. Oh. pretty much the same players to last year. That was not that exciting. The, that used to be the only thing I used to watch. Like I used to, my friends used to do a thing where you, we come over and watch it, and yeah, because it used to be fun. Like yeah. The game, like all the best players, yeah. three-point contest, yeah. slam dunk contest. Yeah. It was great. Um, it was a close to finish this time. There's only three points in it. Okay. Because last won? year it was a smashing. Uh, West won again. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure something interesting happened during it. I don't know. I don't really look into it. I don't care. <clears throat> uh, my last sporting event was the winter. This. I didn't look up how to say this word. I feel like they've invented this word. Okay. Universade. Okay. It's it's like Olympics for universities. Okay. But they have winter and summer and they held them like every two, four years. Not university brand Gatorade. Possibly. Gatorade may have sponsored it. America was in it. Go on. <laughs> um, so it was held in Poland. Japan again. Ooh. Taking out top spot. Uh, with six gold, five silver, four bronze. China had six gold, one silver, and three bronze. Uh, yeah. yeah, tough rate, China. Uh, Australia was not invited. We didn't have universities. <laughs> yes, we um, I don't know if we had schools at this point. Did we? Um, Probably nah, not. No, nah, I think we are just... Um, I don't know. Just in the dirt, playing with cars. Play, play school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now... Onto my sporting news news. Ooh. I think we probably already mentioned this in the quiz in December. Yeah. But Cincinnati Reds owner, our mate Margie Shot, was officially suspended for a year. Yes. In February of ninety three. Oh good. Yeah. Oh for, the um... for her racial comments. Ah, oh, yes. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah, so I feel like we shouldn't mention her name. No, no. Um, but I've do done think, it now. Do you think it was a Hitler comment? <laughs> um, if, you know rest- more, if you want to know more, if you want to see our, our little mini deep dive on uh, Mars shot, uh, check out our December um, 1992. Or don't give her any Google yeah, alerts. No, yeah, yeah um, and also uh, University Ad. Uh, university Ad. It's University Ad. Oh, Olympiad. University Ad. That makes more sense. Yes. Thanks, Google. No problems. No, I knew that. I was just, I was just... Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting till I'd moved on. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, some sad news. Oh. Legendary Bobby Moore died. Oh, who's that? The English footballer. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Man United. Practice. West Ham. Bobby Moore <laughs> kind of looks. He's a handsome man, but he's like. He's 1960s handsome. Like, he's like. Yeah. If you think of a British man in the, in the 1960s, it's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And for someone with like blondish red hair, you know, good for you. Well done. <laughs> what? I don't know. People hated redheads back in the days. Oh, yeah. You know? true. Yeah. Um, he's got dimples though, so he's gone right. Yeah. Uh, good. Oh, uh, no, no. Good. Fucking <laughs> oh, my God. Not good. Um, was only 51. What happened? Uh, he had multiple cancers. He had... I think he had a testicle removed before the World Cup that they won. Right. Like two years before. Oh. He was fine. Advantage. Uh, sorry? Advantage. I guess a bit more streamlined. But... And Bobby Ball is looking light on his feet. He's only got one ball. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah, and then it came is back Is he a man or a Nancy? <laughs> he probably had to deal with a lot of that at the time. Yeah. Can you imagine losing your ball in 1966? Oh, my God. Yeah. Nah, they, nah, everyone was like... But he was a hero. Yeah, they would have loved it. Um, also went on to play for Seattle later in life. Sonics? <laughs> yes. Seattle Sounders. Soccer Seattle team. Sounders. That's what they're called. Gee. Yeah. Shut up. Willikers. So the whole, my whole plan this year was to have like more gossip sport. Love gossip sport. I found a really, really good one, but I couldn't find an actual article. 
What was so the... there was a guy. There was a back page of a paper that could only zoom in so much on. Yeah. For like a doping scandal, this nice. guy had like a four-year ban, but he went to the Glasgow Athletic Tournament under a false name and okay. still ran. Can't find anything about him. His fake name was Hamilton Jones. His real name was Robert Ames. Can't find anything about either name. Could have Scottish that fake name. Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton McJohns. Maybe he wasn't Scottish. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was trying not to be Scottish. Probably fucking English, wasn't he? <laughs> Scum. Going up north, taking their medals. That's my sports. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, let's go on to movies. Now. Hooey. Big month. Big month. All right. Let's just go through... Um, let's just go through ones that I, uh, that I think we would have watched. So, Homeward Bound, Loaded Weapon... Groundhog Day, Untamed Heart, Falling Down, Army of Darkness, El Mariachi. Did you watch uh, Untamed Heart? I started watching it and I'll get to that in a sec. Okay. <laughs> Not Crying Game, we're just going to skip over Crying Game. Well, um, that's actually, the Crying Game catch came out last year. Oh. Um, and this is just the US date. So, right. Um, and both times I didn't watch it. <laughs> I did, when I saw it, I was like, should I watch that? I'm pretty sure that's come up before. I should, I should watch that. I don't want to. I tried to last year and I was just like, ah, oh, it's don't, I don't know. There's just like, it's very heavy. I remember watching my dad once oh. and he got to the bit where there was a sex scene. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to leave. And he's just like, oh, I think your mum wants you. We both had, we were both on the, the same, on the same back. <laughs> Shut the door. Um, dad's, so from, dad's watching a movie. Don't deserve it. <laughs> so from the top, did you watch Homeward Bound? Uh, I haven't recently, but I've watched it before. From Walt Disney Pictures. I'm gonna miss you so much. Left Behind. Shadow is gonna love it in the country. Have a nice vacation! And Far From Home. <laughs> they were determined to find their way back. Now, they've set off on an adventure into an untamed world. <laughs> Across treacherous mountains. danger waits at every turn. I gotta tell you, domesticated animals wouldn't stand a chance at you. And the forces of nature will test their ability to survive. I miss Shadow, Mom. It will be an incredible journey home. Maybe that's where they went. But that would be hundreds of miles. In the classic tradition of Walt Disney Entertainment, comes Homeward Bound. The Incredible Journey. Before, like, when you're a child? Or... No, no, like, like last year. I think I watched it with the boys. Did you cry? Um, I got a bit teary, um, but it was like, it was COVID times and I was teary about everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I it sets don't... you up from the start because Shadow is so old. Like, this is sad. Regardless of what happens, it's sad. I that dog's old. I don't know whether I like... Okay, I don't know if I liked it, would have liked it any more if their mouths were moving, but yeah, I'm not sure. I yeah, I don't know. It is weird. Like at the time, it wasn't no, but now having seen other films, animations, it's a bit weird. Yeah, um, I got but, over it pretty quick though because the voices are all perfect. Oh yeah, like Mark J. Fox, uh, some weird old timer from the fifties that does <laughs> Shadow. Uh, I first know who that is. I don't know if. 
so obviously we had some not obviously um obviously to me <laughs> we had some medical issues with our old dog recently and you watched it oh jeez. so she's fine now yeah. as far as i know so she was fine when i watched it but it was still a bit fresh and when she was sick i just completely dissociate like no she's gonna be fine She's, she's not going to die. Like, whatever. Yeah, she's unwell, but no, she's going to be fine. Yeah. She's going to be fine. Yeah. Don't be silly. Huh. But then when she's okay and you watch a film about a dog that's old and could potentially die and then they put... So, just jumping ahead. At the end when he's running and he's limping. Yeah. They put little beads between his toe beans so that he couldn't walk well. Oh. That's not very nice. No. But at least they didn't like... <laughs> Break his leg. Yeah, back of the visit. They're just like we've got that other one. So like we've already gone through five. There was four or five different cats used. Yeah. Uh, I did found an article saying that there was rumors of animals dying and being mistreated, but they were never substantiated. So basically, yeah, we wish it to the animals, but you can't prove it. Isn't it a Disney film? <laughs> Thank you, so many cats. Yeah, that you know, shed at the end, just a bunch of cats taped together. <laughs> oh, they throw her in like a river. Yeah, it's nice. You can't it's throw fine. a cat in a river. It's fine. Uh, it was Donamichi. Don yes. Um, no one cares. <laughs> um, each kid has their own pet. Each kid has their own pet. I see this a lot in nineties comedy, like not, not just nineties, like every like fucking these families. Beethoven has three kids and one dog. Mm. But that's enough. They've dog, each got their own pet. You could cut up Beethoven and then it'll still be like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, he's big. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, do you now? If um, pudding is just sitting there, do you like? Put a Michael J. Fox or Sally Field like <laughs> voice over the top. <laughs> like you... it's definitely Don Amici. Yeah, it's definitely Don Amici. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how dumb he is. I because I thought growing up, I just assumed that they could kind of talk to each other or sense yeah. each other. But the dog's so dumb. He's like, Peter, where are you going? He's like, Peter just told you where he's going. <laughs> Peter said he's going away to Peter. Peter, where are you going? <laughs> he just told you he's going away for two days. Well, he's. He's dumb and old. But you can talk. You can think. You're speaking. Why do you not? The film doesn't make any sense. Uh, what'd you give it? I think two and a half. Okay. Could uh, have been more, but they clearly killed animals. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely worthy of two and a half because took I took half a star off for the killing of animals. Yeah, but you get two and a half because you made me cry. Um, Unsamed Heart. I started watching. Um, I'm not gonna play a trailer for this one because it basically. It starts off with, uh, it's about Christian Slater. Uh, it starts off with him as a child. Um, he's got some sort of heart condition, um, hence the uh, Ah, the it's name. untamed. Yeah, yeah. Then it cuts to Marissa Tomei. Do you think they're upset that the title heart condition had already been used? <laughs> that <damn Bob> Muskets. <laughs> but then they watch the movie and like, well, we can't top that. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever watch that? No. Oh man, you got it. Uh, so yeah, um, he, he's, he, he's working in a diner, um, and then Marissa Tomei works there and she gets, <sighs> is that why you watched it? She gets followed home by these two dudes who try to sexually assault her mm. and then Christian Slater beats them up. Nice. Um, but then like afterwards she's like, oh, so thank you for that. And he's like, yeah, um, I follow you home <laughs> every night. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and like I started reading that's when I started reading like the letterbox reviews it's like 
oh, a movie about a stalker and everyone's okay with it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not just gonna, I, was, I, I was like, oh, it didn't draw me in. I just turned it off. And I was like, oh, I just could not give a shit. Surely you weren't phased or surprised by the fact, hey, it's a film in the 90s where a man is being a creep, but it's all right. You it's get away right. with it. Yeah, I was just like, I, I think I, was, I had a few movies on this list. I'm like, this is not worth my time. So I did not get through Untamed Heart. Um, uh-huh. But what I did get through was uh, Loaded Weapon. What's wrong? Nothing. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. From out of the night comes two men with enough courage. Enough brains. What you got, Irv? Dandruff, seborrhea, maybe just dry, itchy scale. Have you tried this? I use it. Head and shoulders? Enough bullets. I know what you're thinking. Punk, did he fire 173 times or 174? To get the job done. Hey, Scotty! Can you get this machine to work? I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. If I push it any harder, the whole thing will blow. New line. I almost did Lampoons, loaded with them. I almost gave up. Really? Very early on. Really? Yeah, very Why early Why don't you like this? Do it's you like it? Kind of. I laughed once. Is it the bit where he bumps into the subtitles? Because that bit's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> no, I missed that bit. Towards the that? end, uh, there, there's... Oh, no, no, like the... Um, it's, it's, it's saying where they, um, where they are down the bottom of the screen. Yeah, yeah. And then Emily Lester has like actually bumped into him and trips over it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's what that was. Yeah, yeah I didn't quite click what had happened. He, he, he kicks it out. I laughed when Samuel L. Jackson fell over getting out of the car. <laughs> yeah. That was the highlight of the film. Um, my, and, and Samuel L. Jackson himself was like, he was great. He was great. And then because um, like, he comes home and like, his wife is like obviously cheating on him. And he's just like... He's with just, anyone. Like, with anyone. And then... um. But my all-time favorite bit is his little offsider cop who um who's got the dandruff and then also the oh film. yeah like that's that stuff I remember that from when I first um watched it and like I always laughed a lot at that bit it's it's dated as all hell um, yeah it's not as dirty as it probably should have been to like it's not even as dirty as Naked Gun really it's it's a PG film I remember which is why I was like yeah. to watch it and I watched it quite a lot when I was a kid um but I think. Uh, I don't know. Like it's as a kid, I liked it because it was like a little bit of an intro to the Naked Gun, um, parody movie sort of thing. Yeah. I kind of do like parody movies as much as I. Will, I don't want to admit it. Like I, pretty I, I like scary movie quite. A lot. I remember that when that first came out, it was pretty funny. If, yes, it's been mentioned a few times. Um, and uh, even. Yeah, but there's a few other like not another team movie and all that sort of stuff is 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 pretty funny. It's like it's just cheap laughs and I and I, I, I make no apologies. I I get the the obviousness of some of the jokes, like yeah. this pointing out things is like Los Angeles, night, a house. Like those little <laughs> moments that when, are supposed to be goofy and funny. When someone says that Whoopi Goldberg committed suicide, he's like it looks like she took herself by surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could appreciate it probably at the time, but now I'm just kind of, nah. Had your boy in it, though. Which one? Pizza. Yeah. Very disappointing, though. Not oh, his best he's role. He's great. 
The best candy. There is the microfilm. <laughs> it's just the fact he wasn't saying pizza. Yeah. Let's. I want to list out some cameos from this because for a nineties film. Now what have is, you? This is, this is pretty good stuff. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, Dennis Leary, Charlie Sheen, Corey Which, Feldman, William Shatner, Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and the other guy that's yeah. in Punch and Hoss. Chips. Yeah. Punch and Hoss. I don't know who they are, um, but they're a big deal. Uh, I guess does Whoopi Goldberg count as a cameo because she's not? I think at that stage minutes? she was like, "This is Sister Act time," so it's like, yeah. Prime, prime um, Christopher Lambert's in there very, very briefly. He's coming out later this year. Uh, Fortress. Uh, Bruce Willis. I would absolutely love if it was just like ten seconds. He's on screen for too long. Yeah, ruins it. Uh, let's go. Let's move on to. I want to finish strong again. I want to. And happy. <laughs> oh, so we're going to do Falling Down? Yes, let's do Falling Down. Bill Foster is an ordinary man. Where are you going? Going home. Not this way or not. Why not? Metro Rail Construction, that's why not. Living in the everyday world. I don't suppose you'd have a couple of bucks you could give me. It would really help me out. If you give me your address, I'll mail it back on this. A patient man. Can I help you? Yes, I'd like a ham and cheese womblet and fries. I'm sorry. We stop serving breakfast at 11.30. Who's running out of patience? I guess some change for the folks. A peaceful man. No chase. Have to buy the way. Who's about to be pushed? 85 cent. 85 cent. Hasn't given me enough money for the phone call. Drink. 85 cent. You pay or go. A little too far. I stay. I mean, you stole your baseball bat, but he paid for the soda. Just standing up for my rights. As a consumer. Oh, this guy's discriminating. What kind of vigilante are you? I am just trying to get home by little girl's birthday. Give us your briefcase. And if everybody will stay out of my way. Here, you want a briefcase? Here's my briefcase! That's the briefcase, huh? Wait, 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 wait. Then nobody will get hurt. That's what I thought. Who is this movie for? <laughs> Let's, if you Man. don't know what Falling Down is, let me lay it down. Falling Down is a movie where Michael Douglas plays a guy, let's call him by the by his nickname, D-Fens. Mm. Um, Mr. Karen. Yeah. He, he is a guy, a middle-aged white guy, who um, all of a sudden, after getting stuck in LA traffic, just goes on a killing spree, basically. And But he's always the victim. In every incident, he's yeah, the victim. But he's also killing people of colour like all throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, except the Nazi except the Nazi that's pretty good that's um, and then you find out that he's also got a restraining order from his ex-wife um, and he's, he wants to go to his daughter's birthday and, and bring her a present which he doesn't hadn't bought at the start he bought he buys the present on the way yeah so it's not even nah didn't even plan this out uh, so and it basically I know a lot of people at the time like they thought it was because there's some bits where like it's genuine, genuinely amusing. Like if you if you know if you know like there's like it's been parodied a lot. Um, he goes into a burger joint and they he wants a breakfast uh, meal and they stop serving breakfast at eleven thirty and it's like eleven thirty five and they're like oh we don't do that you have to have lunch and his famous line is like I don't want lunch I want breakfast and it's like and he starts sort of just going off and it's kind meanwhile of, Sheila who's working there yeah is like. Giving him the eye, like full flirting with him. Oh no! Ads. She apparently she she was breaking. She, she was um she was trying not to laugh. 
Oh, so I thought that, she was just heaps casual. No, no, that entire time you like, cause it was in the IMDb trivia. Like, uh-huh. she's just trying the entire time not to laugh because he's being fucking hilarious, uh-huh. and so like that's why she's got like a, sw- a slight smirk on her face. I liked it. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Rob Duvall as the cop um, after him, and he's on his last day of uh, being a cop. Um, also works robbery, so shouldn't be involved at all. Yeah, and then um, he his wife. Uh, him and his wife lost a child very young and she's kind of dominating it. at some point he tells her to shut up and everyone's like yeah tell her to shut up and it's like well she's gone through trauma but whatever yeah. um, it's just a really weird movie because it wouldn't be made these it's like the epitome of a movie that would not be made these days unless it was made from a different actually I can tell you this movie was made these days what? it stars Russell Crowe and it's called Unhinged is this the same sort of thing it, yeah he is driving because he's he's going to go see his daughter or something is having a bad time because his wife's left him yeah someone upsets him on the road and then he just goes on this murderous rampage to kill someone that upset him it's the exact same premise i don't get though like it's so unabashedly um against people of color like the first person he he um he beats up his uh korean shop owner who he also um says like you know you don't you don't learn language and all that stuff. It's like he says a bunch of racist stuff first, um, it's and then like the first, and then like yeah, and then he he's saying like oh I want the prices to be back down to the nineteen fifties, yeah, and starts smashing stuff when it's it's too ex- too expensive. The next, um, which is, isn't the shop owner's fault. Like he's no, I mean I know convenience stores generally have are more expensive, but it's but like they're also saying that like maybe it's because it, it was just the fact that the guy didn't give him change for dollars so they had to buy something first like if he'd just given yeah, him change he would have done it it's like store. fuck off um and he's like sitting on a um he's like sitting on a concrete pillar in like the middle of a park and these two um like latino uh gang members come up and uh basically say that they have, he has to give them his briefcase of which we find out it's only got like his lunch in it it's got yeah. nothing in it um cuz he has no job yeah uh, where was he going? <laughs> where yeah, was he going? Uh, so, yeah, and then he beats them up, and then like they come for retribution, and then he like uh, he steals all their guns, and apparently like the 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 meaningful moment in the film is like he's in a park, and a, a homeless person comes up to him and asks him for money, and he says like. Uh, nah, I'm not gonna give me money, and he's like, "Well, give me a briefcase." And he's, he's in one hand, he's holding the briefcase, and on the other hand, he's holding a bag, bag of guns, and he basically gives him the briefcase, and that's supposed to signify that like, he's, he's he's taking the dark route. But it's like he took the dark route before he made that choice. Like this is a fucking dark. Also, movie. doesn't he yell at that homeless guy to get a job? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And we find out that he does not have a job himself. Yes, and um, he's going around stealing. Yeah, and then um, there is a bit in a in a um, army supplies shop where he gets. Uh, trapped by a nazi um and almost uh sexually assaulted and then and it's like but like it's very pulp fiction yeah but the thing is like pulp fiction it's not enough to take the 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 bad taste of everything he's done like yeah yeah, he kills a nazi but it's like he's not that far from this dude that's what's so strange about this like there's so the moment where the gang tries to shoot him yeah and that's this weird line it dances on of the white privilege, but he's also the bad guy, but he's a good, like there's some sort of divine intervention. He yeah. doesn't get shot there. Yeah. Cause that he's the protagonist. He's the hero of the film, but he's the villain of the film. And it's the same when he goes into the Nazi shop, like he's the bad guy. But then when he's in there, all of a sudden, Oh, you're the good guy. You're not. Oh, you're not a Nazi. Worst. So you're like, but it's like, but so you're it not could far, be worse, but you're not far away from being worse. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I wonder like whether. I mean, I don't know the the writing of the film, but like, did it used to be that Robert Duvall's character was like the protagonist and like the 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 main focus, and then they're like, oh, we got Michael Douglas, uh, we got Michael Douglas, and um, oh, we make him the 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 anti-hero sort of thing, but like, he does nothing heroic in this film. Like, I think. I would assume they've just gone for... They've put a spin on, like, the regular cop movie, which was a yeah. big thing at the time, like, catching bad guys. Like, well, let's find a bad guy who's not really a bad guy. He's just fallen on hard times, and he's having a bad day. I'm saying this is probably the worst movie I've watched in years. Fucking hated it. Yeah. I hate it from when he opened his mouth. And then, the f- and I'm sad. As a kid, I probably watched this, like, yeah, you, you tell them. You're having a bad day, and people are jerks, and you should tell them they're jerks. But it's pretty pretty held in high regard for like a lot of people like um the Foo Fighters there's a video for a walk and it's yeah. basically I'm very sad when which I, is weird for yeah. like I mean for, for a band that like I don't know they don't really sort of show any political leanings but like oh they do oh they do yeah they're very well, not extremely left but they're they're very anti-Bush yeah they campaign strongly against Bush so then like why would they parody like a yeah I'm hoping they hadn't watched the film in a while. The amount of people that would watch this movie these days, I think it's a dangerous movie these days. I think the amount of people watch it and make him into like a, a hero would be fucking dangerous. And then it doesn't give you the ending that it deserves. He gets what he wants. Yeah, and then like he, like the um, Rob Duvall sort of like he shoots him and he's looking down into the water and he's like it's it's almost like a bit of like oh we're not too different. This is not fucking heat. This is not like Pacino and De Niro at the table. <laughs> This is like, if, if, if he looked into the war and go, oh, we're not too different, me and you. It's like, well, then you should fucking look, think about your life, Rob DeVal, because... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get off that. Let's get to the final points of that film. The There's fu- a blockbuster video in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you also see... The giant butt? Yeah. Did you hear why? <laughs> no. Uh, because, as you know, last year, in 1992, Baby Got Back was released. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he was doing a promotional tour, and it just happened to be filming across the road. No way! Yeah, so that's the that is the wow. butt, the butt from Baby Got Back. Uh, um, my other favorite moment. Yeah, like it's a terrible film. Like I'm not running away from it's a terrible film, but when he's in trying to get his breakfast lunch, yeah, there's an old man that tries to run out <laughs> and leaves his wife behind. <laughs> he's like, get back to your seat. And he goes and sits with his wife. He's just he's just left behind. Oh my god, that's so funny. My favorite thing is when he asks the entire restaurant, like, how shit is the fact that, like, the, the burger and, like, the only person that puts their hand up is the little kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, yeah, he gets it. <laughs> oh, and they're also the kids that instruct him how to use a rocket launcher. Oh, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> um, back on Von D. Curtis Hall. Yeah. Do you think that was a very, like, to me it seems, well, I'm hoping it's subtle because I didn't pick up on it. But didn't, do you think that was a moment where they were trying to acknowledge this is a black man with a job that is now being arrested because the bank doesn't want to give him money, he's protesting, whereas this guy, exact same position, is going around shooting people and he's just walking around the streets. If unharmed. it was, I don't care because the entire movie up to that point is so insincere that um, it's just grasping at straws. Mm. If they'd highlighted that political statement better... That would have Can you imagine if like, they they made the protagonist like or Michael Douglas's character like African American like it would have just been would have ended in the first few minutes because he would have been shot in the street exactly yeah mm. um yeah no one seems to be stopping him when he's like walking away from yeah yeah let's, terrible human being let's uh 
move on to something equally as crap? Yeah, we've got one more and then we've got the, the good one. So let's go. I, I must preface this with the fact. Let's, we're going to talk about Army of Darkness. Now, and I think you're in the same boat as me. I am not a big Evil Dead Bruce Campbell fan. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe we've now lost a bunch of our listeners. Um, Fuck him. I, He's not that good. This movie... Like, okay. I understand people like it. <laughs> and I understand that it's, it's, it's kind of like a... But you don't um, understand why they like it. But it's, it's more like... It's, people who like it are like... They think it's got, kind of like they're in an um, exclusive club. It's like... You're not cool if you can't sit at this table unless you like Army of Darkness. And it's like, I understand it's niche and I understand that it's goofy and all this stuff, but like, it's not a good movie in regards of like it was a wide no. release film. Because um, Evil Dead One and Two, not bad. Like I'm not, I don't think they're the greatest horror movies of all time, but like they were, they were underground and they were good for what they were. And this was the this was their their first foray into like wide cinema release, and I think they just like they shot themselves in the foot. It's like, let's just make it as like critically unwatchable as, as we can. Like, it's just so like, was it before it's time? Imagine, no, imagine, <laughs> imagine if someone walking into this movie and like, like they made it, they made them not put evil dead anywhere near the title. Like this is mm. army of darkness. And you've got like, how would you have any idea what's going on? And also why is this leading man? And I'm not saying that you have to have like, heaps of credits under your belt to be a um a good leading man but like his dialogue is fucking awful unless and, you're a super fan and you think everything that comes out is gold yeah but the thing is like it's not even like it's, it's chauvinistic most of the time let's be honest yeah um it's i, I don't know why he like this he sort of gets like a, a free pass of like yeah it's of, of being this typical sort of chauvinistic male role model, but because like he's in a niche film, that's okay. And I'm like, I don't know. I I think this somehow missed us or we missed it in its like shining moment and we'll, you'll never get on board. If no. It's like for me in The Labyrinth. I was on board with that film from very early on and it's like clicked yeah. with me and I'll always be connected with it. This is other people's labyrinth. And if you don't get it when it's there, you're just not going to get it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I suppose... Also, yeah. it's not very good. <laughs> so, unfortunately, moving past Army of Darkness, like, yeah. you like it? I'm not going to yuck your yum, but it's not for me. I am. Um, El Mariachi, uh, same thing, like, <laughs> call me when Desperado's here because I will be right there. <laughs> um, let's talk about Groundhog Day. Yeah! <laughs> Time. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Mad! Mad Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bang! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... Groundhog Day! In Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day. 
Again? At first, he was a little anxious. Bill! Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. But now, we could do whatever we want. He's discovering the possibilities. Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life mm. like there's Phil? no tomorrow. Phil Connors! Ned! Because there isn't. I am an immortal. I have been stabbed, shot, burned, frozen, electrocuted. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. Now, my wife watched this with me. Uh, this is the second time we watched it in probably inside a year. Uh, she always has the same questions halfway through it of like, he is an awful person. I'm like, he is, but he it's might the 90s. get better. Um, do you think, uh, what do you think the point of, of Groundhog Day is? I think it's the long version of every other film we've watched with a white, white male lead. Yeah. Where you're a jerk. Um, Things aren't going to work out if you're a jerk. So stop being a jerk and yeah. good things will come. I think it really breaks down that whole thing of like guys going... It's like guys like being shitty to someone. Like, well, yeah, literally being shitty to someone like all the time. And they're like, oh, I'll get a bunch of flowers. And that's fine. Now we're good. I'll stalk this person, learn everything yeah. about them. And then they'll have to love me. And I suppose like at the end when, you know... And if you haven't watched this movie... Okay, let me give you the premise. Uh, a weatherman who's grumpy and uh, not not well liked by a lot of people is very selfish and very like self involved. Uh, they go to this um feel, uh, this, this town in Pennsylvania called Punxsutawney, where they have a groundhog. Uh, every February second, um, they take they have this like ceremony where they bring a groundhog out and then somehow looks at its shadow. It means that there's gonna be three more, six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter. Um, and then somehow, uh, after that's over, like they get caught in a blizzard and then this what weather- blizzard, it's a couple plays. <laughs> <laughs> we can either go there in the blizzard or you can stay in Potsdam. I'm thinking, <laughs> um, and, uh, so Bill Murray, who plays the weatherman, uh, then wakes up the next morning and it's the same day. And then he finds out that he's living that same day over and over and over again. I got asked this question today. How come other people don't know that it's being relived? My response was, well, they don't. The world is resetting every night. Yeah. But his, his brain is not resetting. But because their brains reset, this is how deja vu works. Yes. That's what they say about deja vu. Like it's your brain just like, Turning off and on or whatever. Yeah. And that's why Annie McDowell's like, I got deja vu. Because <laughs> she has been there before. Uh, this one, uh, it's, I mean, it is so perfect comfort food. Um, I'm going to put, put it up there with, uh, and like, this is coming from someone who doesn't particularly like Bill Murray that much, but like, I'll put it up there with League of Their Own. I, um, for the first time, what, this is the first time in a long time I've actually sat and watched it. Yeah. Because this was almost like weekly at Blockbuster, yep. I'd have this on. So I knew it inside and out, but not actually sit and focus on every single scene. I didn't notice ever, I don't think, he flips the camera off when he counts down 3, 2, 1. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd never picked up on the fact that, because he's just grumpy Bill Murray to me. Yeah. But he plays this role so well of the thinking he's talent, 
but being such a small time weatherman thinks he's witty but he's not actually that witty thinks he's funny but he's not that funny it, it never clicked with me before how good he is with that character of like i'm so great and important but none of my jokes are that good my wit isn't that sharp yeah and i'm again, hoping that's intentional i giggle i giggle a lot of his, of his lines so like, yeah they're good <laughs> but they're good in the sense of like you're not that smart or that funny no you're still like a small time weatherman um apparently on this movie he was quite a handful him and Harold Ramos didn't talk for years after this because uh, he was um, apparently Bill was going through a divorce and got real into the role and was calling Harold Ramos at like all all hours of the night. Yeah. So Harold Ramos uh, sent the sent the writer over to him, and apparently the fact that he didn't come himself infuriated Bill Murray to the point that he wouldn't talk to Bill uh, to Harold Ramos for years. Do you know why he was? Chasing Harold down? Did he have changes? Oh, I think he, he was no. I think just... it was just like he he was just like, what's my motivation, sort of thing. And like, um, but then it got to the point where if Harold Ramis was like explaining to him, he would just go, "Oh, is it good Phil or bad Phil?" And then like they'd shoot the scene, and he'd right. have like a version of that Phil of of his character for that scene. Sort of okay. Um, I mean, it worked. Whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I and don't... it's so well cut together. I feel like like so with hearing. Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Like, you you don't hear that too often. Even that bit where he, uh, when he's doing basically his background research of it, and, like, my wife was, like, going, that's kind of fucked up. I'm like, but isn't because, like, you know, when it I is. first... No, but when I first started <laughs> dating Mal, if someone came up to her and said, like, oh, by the way, her favorite drink's this, and I use that, use that information, maybe I'll tell her about it, tell her about it later, but it's, like, getting intel on someone in a non creepy like obviously if it's like um intimate sort of stuff it's 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 inappropriate but like finding out the favorite drink and finding out like favorite bands and movies and lots of stuff like it's sometimes it's 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 part of like the dance of meeting someone it is when there's an innocence to it it's quite clear for the first half of this film he's using this to get into bed with women yeah and like calling that lady the, the wrong name but he, do you reckon he's doing that Intentionally, because like that doesn't. Do you reckon he actually does he actually sleep with her? Rita. Yeah. Uh, it's implied pretty strongly at the end that they did. Oh no no like not Rita but the other girl. Oh Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because she makes it sound like a chipmunk when she's really happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's some there's some not so nice sexualization that's unnecessary. Like a lot of the film is Bill Murray just trying to get in people's pants and being terrible. Yeah. Did you see Michael Shannon? Yeah. Oh my god. I never noticed him throughout the whole film. Then at the very end last night I was like, that's not Michael Shannon. That's not Michael Shannon. Um and then it gets like it gets pretty dark with him, um, with his different suicide attempts and um also just the uh the bit with the homeless guy too, yeah. like that's can get like I reckon at least one time I watched it, that's that's made me upset. Yeah. Because um, you never get closure on that, like did he actually end up helping him or did he give up yeah. and just yeah. what just try to give him a nice day. Uh but we, it wouldn't be a Groundhog Day uh, conversation without saying, Ned Ryerson? <laughs> Phil? Phil that, Connors? That is one thing, I'm sure for a lot of people they don't enjoy it, but that's one thing that could have broken the film. Yeah. If that was overdone, because he's the most annoying character, he's supposed to be annoying. Yeah. If they'd had lingered on that for too long, if he was around for too long, the bit at the very end with him where he's like, ah... Was like, let's not spoil it. I got that. 
that's almost a bit too much. <laughs> that's a little bit Urkel. Um, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Apparently in Ponsatoni is Ned's Corner. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, yeah, this one. Uh, what a top five. Ah, oh, clearly. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's number one, but like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to point to the stands and like, that's where I'm hitting it. Uh, I mean, well, at the moment, it's probably number one, but we've got a long way to go. We are. So let's, uh, let's move on from movies. Yeah, let's go on to the uh, TV. Uh, so in Australia, we had um, one of like a lifestyle show that we had uh, called The Great Outdoors. Uh, I was don't, more of a, don't remember that at all. More of a yeah. getaway fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember that. It was like pretty long running for a while. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there was no huge um, big premieres. Uh, yeah. But for Seinfeld, I watched a lot of these um, in the last couple of days. Um, we had The Shoes, The Outing, The Old Man and The Implant. Um, the outing is probably one of the biggest episodes of, uh, that's when they find, like when she, uh, college graduates, um, trying to interview Jerry and she overhears Elaine oh, calling yeah. him gay in the, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, yeah. that's if, if the episode. Yeah. Nowadays it, 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 it hits a bit different. Yeah. Um, it's still got a pretty, it's got like a 9.1 rating on IMDb, but I'm like, is it, is it? gay positive because at the end when when that she mm. when when it comes out in the paper that uh that they're gay they get very upset about talking to their parents about it their parents yeah. are very upset about them being like yeah. you know, like it's it's all a big big deal and i think like it's just a bit that bit's a bit icky yeah um, like you can see Obviously, what's going on at the time in the world? Yeah, they're probably jumping on a bandwagon and maybe trying to be a bit positive about it. Like they keep saying it's not a big deal. Like, yeah, it's like it's not there's anything wrong with it, but it's like it's almost like they um, kind of like that thing of like, oh, it's okay, I'm joking. Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't know. That's fine that you say that you're joking, but you're still that's my life. Remember when uh, straight men would say to each other they love each other and then say no homo afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> this is the '90s version of that. Um, uh, but yeah, Gross. so um, but Paula Marshall in that film, I had quite the crush on at the time. Um, she's also Paula Marshall. Oh, uh, she's the graduate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's also from Hellraiser Three. Yes, and I was like, seen oh. a lot of her lately. Yeah, uh, the old man. Um, I like that episode just for the fact that at the end, there's like basically old versions of Jerry and George at the same table at the cafe like talking i watched this one yeah it's like it's when they have when, when they're doing community services um, and they're, they're hanging out with all and like one old man's got heaps of records and kramer's goes and steals a bunch of them and i don't remember this one at all uh the owner of the record store is uh jigsaw from the horror movies really <laughs> yes huh uh um the implant is uh terry hatcher with um, oh, their yeah. real and their spectacular mm-hmm um, and before uh, the shoes is when um, uh, it's the one where uh, they're selling the script to NBC and uh, Elaine's in the kitchen and sneezes on the guy's pasta. Oh, yeah. And I always wondered, like, so she sneezes on the guy's pasta and then he gets, like, uh, basically food vomits. Yeah. But I'm like, 
Do you get that from the sneeze? Boogers, boogers give you diarrhea. But what? the comic timing of them asking him for the notes on the script and then him like vomiting and just like, it was it's such yeah. a huge, it's like, so do you think you liked it? <laughs> and it's just like that entire section is just fucking comedy gold. I love it so much. I even, I rewound it last night because it's fucking funny. And then um, his daughter comes in and uh, George, oh, yeah. looks, George looks down at top. Uh, Simpsons, we got brother from the same planet. Good one. Oh. I mean, I'm going to say a good one for pretty much every episode here on out. So, um, I love Lisa and Duffless. Uh, I love Lisa, another good one, but too much Ralph. Yeah. Too much you, Ralph is too much Ralph. Can you have too much Ralph? Yes. I do love the fan theory that he's not Wiggum's son. He's the other. Is yeah. it Lou? Yeah, because he's got Lou's hair. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> The bit where he's like, oh, you can pinpoint the moment where his heart is heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, that's a fucking amazing part. Um, and how good Ralph is acting at the end of it. Like, yeah. Suddenly yeah. he has range and he's amazing, but then that's it. Wiggum um, crushing a nut with the butt of his gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, like, um, uh, oh, it's got one of the best uh, um, uh, Vietnam flashbacks with uh, Principal Skinner. Johnny, Johnny, yeah. Johnny. Uh, but I like, I find it really weird that uh, it's got a higher rating than Brother from the Same Planet because man, like, um, I love uh, when he's he goes into the Bigger Brother program and, Look, <laughs> and don't even get me started. And he has Pepsi, <laughs> Pepsi. <laughs> uh, the it's it not appropriate, that... but the the ugly kid that Suey Suey <laughs> that's always cool. Me, um, my younger son caught the end because like on halloween we let oh, um ollie watch some halloween specials of simpsons oh yeah my youngest came in in the bit where the gas turns their skin inside out and he had nightmares <laughs> but it's cartoon i know that's he, not scary he did not like it one <laughs> bit i was like oh shit uh so let's go on with everyone's favorite segment the law and order minute We all wondered if it was coming back. Well, here we are. We're here. Uh, good ones. Got three. Got to do a full minute. Uh, it's always got to be a full minute from now. Always got, yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. We, we, we um, if you've never, this is the, if this is your first foray into the wonderful world of living in the past, uh, every week I uh, get air horned. Summarize the episodes that aired at this point of the year. Um, and I try to do it in one minute. Uh, sometimes I'm successful. Most times I'm not. <laughs> I wish we kept a tally of how often you're successful. Maybe we'll do that from now on. I don't know. Nah. Okay. We, we need an assistant. <laughs> you need EA. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's get this going. You ready for it? I am. Go. Let's start with some Nazi war criminals, yeah? Uh, the first episode is called Night and Fog. The cops find an old lady dead in her apartment. Her husband says he helped her overdose because she was in pain. But evidence starts to point out that she was trying to, he was trying to keep her quiet because she found yeah. out that he was an Austrian Nazi war criminal. Huh. Yeah. Austrian. Okay. Uh, the next episode is called Promises to Keep. Two joggers who spend the first two minutes of this episode complaining about having to jog. Um, Typical. Find a woman dead in the park and it points to a psychologist who was having an affair with a male patient. The psych manipulated the guy to get rid of his girlfriend, but is the psych actually responsible? No. Yes. Oh. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, Mother Love. Um, 
my my big uh, hope is that if I if I die in a murder, my corpse is nowhere near the CSIs because they are very very mean to like people who've just died. <laughs> they say all sorts of jokes about them. Oh. <laughs> um, call them all sorts of, sorts of names. It's like ah, oh, she was a hooker. Ah, oh, she was a junkie. Blah blah blah. <laughs> anyway, this is a sad episode about a girl who becomes a drug drug addict and is stealing from her family, and her mum shoots her. Oh, and it's switched off. I was about to press it, Burr. and my screen died. <laughs> Your screen, and died. you finished on time. So cool. Congratulations, you don't get air horned. Thanks. Feels good. So yeah, if I'm ever murdered, I want my, I want my spirit so far away from my corpse. So you I don't can't care. hear what they say about yeah. you. Look at his little dick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to music. Well, quite the release. Do you want me to say what came out so that you don't say all the... No, you can list them out. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to do all of them, but um, I do want to say that we finally got in the Australia. We finally pipped I Will Always Love You off the charts. And Kick, kicked it off. Kicked it off. It was it's finally. Um, After two months? Oh, longer than that. Man, how many songs sounded like this in the 90s? This is the OG. This is not the OG. Because you're forgetting about more than words by extreme. Shut up. Oh. Don't mention extreme when it's on your daughter's on. <laughs> it's all the same. Extreme can fuck all right off. That is OG. Well, Extreme came first, but okay. And on the front cover, there's a boy riding an alligator. That's amazing. Ooh. <laughs> nice stock photo. Good <laughs> find. It's like going through Giphy images. Yeah. <laughs> Does that go with the song? Nope. That's but- very 90s too. It's like, let's have the most tripped out artwork ever for like a solemn or upbeat love song. Yes. And then when we interviewed, we're like, yeah, I have this alligator. And we, just, we weren't treating him the way that we used to. That's where the song came. We used to run an alligator around the studio, you know. (laughs) Um, But in America, it was still I Will Always Love You. Always. All month. Uh, So let's just quickly go through. Um, I'm intrigued to see what you're going to skip. Well, we should say that Joey Lawrence came up with a self-titled album. We should. From from, uh, Blossom. Uh, That was horrible. And and Brotherly Love, I think, he had a show later with his brothers. Yes. Yeah. No one knows who Joey Lawrence is. Um, I don't like fish, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, I want to, but I'm not there yet. Poison, I listen to, and it's like <laughs> they're trying to be all political now and social. Like, like they've even got like a gospel choir on one of their um songs. They're being political with a gospel choir, and the album is called Native Tongue. Yeah. What is your native tongue, white boys? And it's also like you know, you're on skinny bob. It's just fucking go do what mm, you want to do. Yeah. No. Uh, three eleven. There. I was really sad. One of my friends used to work for them and I'd never, ever listened to them, but I assumed that they were really, really good. They're not very good. Uh, didn't like it. I didn't realize. I don't think I'd ever listened to that down song. That mm. they, I think it's that song. It's what, oh, that song on the same song, one song on the album. Really offensive lyrics. <laughs> oh. It's really, uh, once we get, when we get to it, I'll, uh, I'll point it out. Uh, Paul McCartney, Off the Ground. Let's go. Let's go into this right now. Okay. Um, so I listened to this. 
I also read an article about Paul McCartney saying that he knew that his post Beatles life wasn't going to be as um, uh, wasn't going to be as uh, best, as as good selling as his Beatles life, and he's okay with that. I'm like, of course, of course, he's okay with that. <laughs> yeah, because he's got the Beatles. Because he's been the Beatles. He's like, yeah, I know it's not going to be as anything, and it's like, and I, I've got, I don't actually need to do this. I'm just going to keep making horrible music. Because um, he knew all the unreleased Beatles stuff that they could t- keep bringing out and keep making money off. You should like this album a lot because it Uh-oh. is very pro animal. Um, Looking for changes is a song which is it's all about animal testing, lots of stuff. That's like going up to a Christian person and saying you like POD. Yeah, they do. Everyone likes POD. No, they don't. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I don't, like, it's. <laughs> I, the message is great and I love that he's doing it but like some of these fucking lyrics are just uh oh so the last the last chorus it's all like there's one where he's like I saw a cat with a machine in his brain and the man decided just decided and said he didn't feel any pain I saw a rabbit with his eyes full of tears the lab where owned her had been doing it for years you know lots of stuff yeah um the last very catchy and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there I'm playing my Bioshock listening to my thing <laughs> and he's like I saw a monkey that was learning to choke. <laughs> a guy beside him gave him cigarettes to smoke. And every time that monkey started to cough, the bastard laughed his head off. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't know. Just put me can't talk it and sing about a monkey. Just made me giggle. <laughs> and then saying, do you know what I mean at the end? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Why? It's, um, yeah. So that's the song, Looking for Changes. Um, look, it's not horrible. It's just like, I think it was like, I think I was just blurring it out. And I'm like, sitting there in my own little world, I'm like, did he just say monkey? <laughs> Is he talking about a monkey? I have a, a similar incident coming up on another song. Okay. But um, I listened to the, the songs that you put on the playlist. They weren't too bad. Like, oh, like it's... I didn't hate it. Yeah. It's not Wings, but you know. But. No. Uh, Mick Jagger. Uh, then we got also... That I, album wasn't too bad. I love that they had an album out in the same month. Because yeah. they were recently in the news again. Yes. About them slagging each other off. Yeah. Uh, was it... Um, Jagger started it. Apparently, Paul started it because he once made a comment that Rolling Stones were just bluesy and they've always just been bluesy. Yeah. And we had a bit more diversity. And Jagger said, fuck off. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> um, and I also heard that uh, he's been... Here's my theory, is that that tell-all interview, uh, thing that Peter Jackson made about Abbey Road's coming up. mm and I think he, I think Paul does not come off well on that, oh. and I think he's easing everyone else into that because he said a, a bunch of stuff about John recently about how, and like John Lennon was a piece of shit. That's fine, but yeah. like, um, it's just, yeah, I think every couple of weeks he's like someone comes out and Paul McCartney said this about John Lennon, and Paul McCartney said this about you know other stuff, and I'm like, I think he's like, oh, I'm not going to come off very well on this. I should start a, you know. Let's not make it a surprise. How much would you care now, though? Like, how old is he? How much money do you have? Just oh, yeah. go like, disappear. Yeah. Do you want to be on James Corden every year? Really? <sighs> Just go and hide. Uh, quicksand. Um, jellyfish. I gotta like jellyfish. Jellyfish was good. Yeah. Uh, Dinosaur Junior. Uh, Super Chunk. Uh, Infectious Grooves. That was, eh. Um, but they did that. Had its um, moments. Immigrant song. Yeah. Isn't that... it from? Isn't it guys? It's guys from um, Suicidal Tendencies and stuff, pretty sure. It sounded like Zach De La Rocha from uh, Rage Against Machine in there as well. A little bit, yeah. Um, Tupac. Um, not going to say the title. <laughs> um, Ace of Pace. 
uh, Radiohead, uh, Naughty by Nature, Boy Crazy, Grant Lee Buffalo, Duran Duran, Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Look, they're a shit band, but their their name's <laughs> awesome. Dolly Parton and the Goo Goo Dolls. Whoa. I'm sad I didn't get to the Goo Goo Dolls. They are good, man. Oh. Fucking, I don't know what Iris was about, but like, Who before cares? that. Iris was good. Yeah, but like this is not Iris. So this is oh. like that, that. This album sounds like the Replacements. It's amazing. I think she even wrote a song with one of the, the members of the Replacements. That would make sense. Um, so what did you? I listened to quite. I didn't deep dive on many of the albums, but I yep. listened to the playlist a lot. Um, when Grantly Buffalo's photo came up and the song Fuzzy, I went, "Oh no, get away!" I liked it. And Jupiter and Teardrop. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good song. Michael Stipe said it was the album of the year by far. Wow. At the time. Well. He didn't listen to some of these other ones. Um, Ordinary World. Oh, man. Now That I, is a song. I had to double check. Is this, It's not a re-release, is it? Because it sounds like a song from the 80s. It was Duran Duran. Yeah, but like... So they, they went away... Because this is Hungry Like the Wolf. That's Duran Duran. Yeah. I believe so. So they must have gone away for a little bit and then came back. Um, I guess. Because that is an amazing song. Yeah, it is. I... I've, uh, that's that landed in my playlist. Oh. <laughs> it's it's already in my my list for the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know if it'll stay there because yeah, it's very yeah. early. But like at the moment, that's that's definite top five. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, Radiohead's Pablo Honey, obviously. This surprised me because I don't like Radiohead that much, and I think, but I've always wanted to give it a go. Um, my... Is that because you've not experienced early Radiohead? Uh, well, I. My thing with Radiohead was kind of like me with uh, Real Chili Peppers and, and uh, Faith No More. Like, people who liked them mm. weren't great people. Like, they were very, they like... They weren't bad um, people. They were just... They were very elitist about it, especially Radiohead yeah. people. Then uh, our good friend Bob opened my eyes, eyes up to it because he's, like, the most personable person that you could ever person. It's true. Um, and he he said In Rainbows was his favorite album. I Fair think. enough, yeah. Uh, so I, I, uh, I look if I'm wrong, then you correct me. Uh, and I listened <laughs> to that, and I was like, "Oh, this is because I, I think I always thought they were a little bit too, um, bit too techy, like a bit too artificial." That's of. what I, I guess a lot of people hate about, and that's what they think they are. Yeah. And I'm not a spokesperson for radio, <laughs> <Are you not? laughs> despite having called them pioneers in the past. Um, is the way they changed over the years? Like yeah. this is like a classic early '90s rock album. There's, and this, so is the next one. This and, sounds heaps Britpop. Like one of these songs could yeah. have been a blur song. Like yeah. This, yeah. And you probably could have put any of them on the playlist. I'm amazed you've only put three. You skipped Anyone Can Play Guitar, which is a bit of a banger. Okay. But that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I did listen to the album and I thought like, it's there's not there's not a really a bad point on it. I also he, have to say, great album, shit front cover. It looks terrible. Yeah. But you can't have it all. Okay. Um, his voice had got a lot better over the years. Like he, the yeah. way he uses it, what he can do with it, you could hear moments where it sounded a bit weak. It just hadn't quite developed yet. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, amazing. Very glad we're up to Radiohead years. <laughs> um, we also had this is Jellyfish. I, I actually think this this band's quite good. Um, I'm not sure.
they sound like not to the point of motorcycle emptiness, but they're sound. They're, they're songs that sound like they should be on movie soundtracks. And it sounds like you've heard it before somewhere. Yeah, There's just familiarity to it yeah. somehow. Um, but that's uh, spilt milk um, by Jellyfish. Um, when I so there was one song in the playlist that kind of caught me, so I went and listened to them. Mm. I don't know which song it was in the album. I thought it was I'd gone to Queen, mm. like one of the songs. Like it just. It sounds exactly like a Queen song. They have a bouncy sort of thing like um, Beatley and Queen. Sort yeah. Of yeah, it's, it's quite cool. Just like the, I think, the overlays they have, mm. um, but very, very Ben Folds as well. Yeah, that's probably, and, and I've been listening to a lot ben of Ben Folds, folds lately. Yeah. Um, we've got a Dinosaur Junior, who I think have put out an album every single year. This We've always talked about a Dinosaur yeah. Junior album. They're, they're growing on me. They're yeah. kind of, like I never gave them a chance before this podcast. And to me, they they probably didn't pave the way for it, but grungy guitars and soft vocals. Yeah. Like every band I grew up listening to, if there was heavy guitars, the vocals were really harsh or mm. heavy or screamy. And these guys are so far from that. It's quite nice. That not the same song is pretty hard to listen to. His voice is not in tune. I kind of like it. Really? It's uh, Don't Shame Me. Reminds me very much of early John Frusciante. You just shamed yourself. Which is only a couple years away, I think. Maybe next year. Uh, so we... Super Chunk. Not bad. Your Didn't boys, mind uh, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Cover Precision Auto. Um, I started listening to them recently. I've never listened Jimmy, to them before. You've never listened to Jimmy Eat World before? Further to that, I thought that their song, what? I thought that their song, their famous song, The Middle, was the Sum 41 song. What the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that they, I thought Sum 41 was Jimmy Eat World. Jesus. Okay. Um, I thought it was that In Too Deep song. You know that In Too Deep song? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. By Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Um, I would have preferred if you said you didn't like Radiohead, I think. This was, a, this was a time where I was not listening to any... Like, my new, not listening to any music lasted from about 2000 to about 2011. I'm not great when it comes to bands and, you know, looking under rocks and finding anything special. And Jimmy at World is somewhere in the middle of... <laughs> in the middle yeah. of, of mainstream and under a rock. Like, they never got huge. Yeah. But I could... They could come close to being in, like, a top list for me of favorite bands. Okay. They're very, very, very good. <laughs> it's not a month if there's not a bit of a techno pop. Hey, you be 40. That's how you do it. That's how you do reggae with white people. And uh, 311, you should also check in on how you do, how you do reggae. <laughs> Uh, Are they not uh, right-wing maniacs? There's a couple of uh, deep dive podcasts you can look at, listen to about that. Behind the Bastards has got one uh, on it. Yeah, there's um, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Guess what I've been playing a lot this week. <laughs> Does it just remind you of the Clerks cartoon though? When he's in court? Yeah. Hey. Oh. Um, here we got some. Uh... 
This album's got like major kudos so all the way through. Like apparently it's got heaps of good songs. Like I, I, I listened to a few of them, but yeah. How can it after this song though? I just firstly so didn't know that was Duran Duran. Secondly, thought it was in the eighties um, because it was like Obviously. we'll just be completely like the eighties. Who gives a shit? Yeah, why not? Uh, but that's pretty much all I've got. I will. Nah, I'll put this one on because Figure Dolls. Mm. This is me. This is Paul Rock. It seems a bit a uh, bit much for Paul Rock. Nope. That's thanks okay. to the replacements. It's amazing. I haven't listened to them. Uh, yeah, this is a good month. We have to mention The Creep in the Room. Yeah. This is possibly one of the songs of the decade. You know what? I was nearly ready to move on. I didn't even think about it. Because hey? I actually skipped it. Because you've I heard s- it too many times? Yeah. because And also, I will it's say this. Done. I will say this. It does not fit on that album. Yeah, I guess not. It doesn't. Like it's it's it seems like an afterthought or um like a radio uh, a record company going we need a single. Because like yeah. everything I don't know. It, it just like it it fits into Radiohead like the Radiohead that I didn't like like later on sort of like that sort of arty sort of thing. But the rest of it's like uh, a bit more accessible I suppose. Yeah. Um I also it's heard, very very polished. I also heard that uh, in Adelaide once they had been playing a set at Thebiden and had lackluster re- response from the crowd, and then they started playing Creep and everyone cheered, and they Thom York stopped and then walked off. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not playing that." I imagine that would have just been a test as well. Yeah. Like, okay, we've lost them. Let's see if this gets them, and then if it does, we're out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, kind kind of a bit shit. Yeah, and I, I they've got way better songs, and there's there's way better songs in this album. Um, so but I've, this was their breakout. So I've still I've never looked into we I heard in high school, uh, Johnny Greenwood allegedly famously does that scratchy guitar bit. Yeah, because he hated this song, and then that's him trying to ruin the song is like just scratch and just make a mess over the top of it. He seems like a genius and a fucker. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. That's um, ready ahead in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, true. Um, I did watch that um, doco, though. Have you seen the doco about them? No. It's really... If you want to see a what's and all documentary about a band at the peak of fame and what they have to go through every single day, like there's a bit where um, Thom York doesn't rock up to interviews but the bassist and the drummer does and like they like the interviewers are like audibly upset that Thom York's not there. And they're like, well... <laughs> and then like well, they... um Yeah, he's... And then they go to photo shoots. The they're in Japan and they're doing uh, photo shoots. And like, it takes hours. Like, they, and then like the rest of the band are getting photographed. And then Thom has to stay there for like um, another couple of hours and just take like all these photos. And it's yeah. like, and you can just see that he's just like, just burnt out. And um, yeah, I, it's one of the best rock documentaries I've ever seen. For everything I've seen and heard of them, they're not the kind of people that need or want any of that attention. Yeah, um, people is, uh, meeting people is easy is the name of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I recommend it seriously, sincerely. Like, it's it's so good. Um, yeah, it's not streaming or anything, but maybe check it out on YouTube. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it's on there somewhere. But, yeah, it's, um, 
it's right after OK Computer comes out. So what's your top movie and album? What do you mean what's my top movie? (laughs) I gave Loaded Weapon one star. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. I think I gave it a love heart. (laughs) I think I gave it a like. Um, Did not enjoy it. Yeah, I'll go Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think anything else is going to come close. Um, And album is what I'm more interested in. Are you just going to go? Are you going to go Pablo Honey? Honey. I'm actually going to throw out a bit of a random one. uh, Spilt milk. I really like jellyfish. I I kind of want to. Like Super Chunk is calling my name, but this is not their best album. Mm. Uh, and I also really did like um, uh, Joey Lawrence. No, uh, <laughs> no, I really did like uh, um, Duran Duran. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Spilt Milk as well. Yeah, wow, good one. Uh, it should be okay. Let me just say, it should be Pablo Honey because yep. I would probably take that album over Spilt Milk most days. Yeah, but the surprise and joy I got from this band I'd never heard of before, and. I haven't listened to it all the way through multiple times yet, but I haven't disliked anything I've heard. Yeah, I think uh, definitely these days, like this, this having done the research for '93, there is a bunch of movies and albums that would just be like automatically that's the best. So I think I'm going to yeah. scratch off that surface and like go. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, check us uh, out on Instagram. Um, you can check out the. Uh, um, playlist and the uh, letterboxed links in the description um if you want to get in contact with us living the past pod at gmail.com it's uh if, you know if you want to be on if you're in the allied area or maybe we can do a zoom thing you can come on the show not this year though no i think we're full up this year Sorry. <laughs> but you know what 94 95 96 is what everyone's been asking us about so get in get in early with your yeah, picks. people are gonna miss out because 93's yeah. turned into a pretty good year yeah uh, We've got some uh, coming up next month. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to get my way? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Relax.